In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland, the post-game edition. Of course, he's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. A rough one at Cleveland Browns Stadium as the Baltimore Ravens take the Browns apart 28-3. to uh, Daryl, as we kind of digress into the post-game, the Browns had to make a quarterback change, but the offense didn't change. At least that was the big word coming out of the locker room after the game. So uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson was trying to execute Deshaun Watson's game plan, and it didn't work. No, it didn't work. And, um, you know, uh, he just – this falls on the front office, first and foremost. Mm. Um, the, they went ahead and traded Josh Dobbs to the Arizona Cardinals, who he, he's starting for the Cardinals now. And they needed him today because – with all due respect to Dorian Thompson Robinson, he looked completely out of place and ill prepared to play this game today. Um, and that's, but that's not his fault. He shouldn't have been in that position. He wasn't ready to be a number two quarterback. I think that that was clear today. Um, Baltimore was out four starters and the Browns got absolutely smoked by the Ravens. That's an elite organization. Cleveland Browns are not an elite organization. They wish they were, they want to be, they're not an elite organization. The Baltimore Ravens, unfortunately, they're an elite organization. They've got an elite head coach, and they've got an elite quarterback. Um, and, you know, I, I I just feel like this is a game Mike Tomlin would win if uh, John Harbaugh was in Kevin Stefanski's shoes. I don't think he loses this game 28-3. to three. I, I just – I think this was just a bad job all around from the coaching, the front office, just everything to, to be in this moment. Uh, and then also I think Deshaun Watson should get a little heat because you're telling the team the whole week, I can play, I can play to the point of Kevin Stefanski's on the phone with NFL insiders Saturday night saying Deshaun's going to play. He told us he's going to play. He's ready to go. And then they come to the stadium Sunday morning and Deshaun can't throw a football 10 yards. Do they need to go out and get a veteran, another veteran quarterback in the next two weeks to bring in here just as another backup, carry another quarterback? Well, I, I think it depends on where Deshaun is. And hopefully this time Deshaun will actually be honest with him. What the hell's going on? Like, I blame Deshaun Watson a lot for what happened here today. Because you tell them on Friday, guys, I can't go. I can't throw a football 10 yards. I respect toughness. I respect the desire to compete and to want to play hurt and things like that. But I think Deshaun screwed the Browns Sunday. I, I really do, because they came into the stadium thinking he's going to play. And that warm-up that I watched, he spent more time talking to the trainer than he did actually throwing a football. That was on Friday, not today. No, that Today's was this morning. Okay. I put it I put it on it. I filmed it, and I put it on X. Like, he spent more time talking to Joe Sheehan than he did throwing a football. And I think that that's where the player owes it to the organization to be. You're hurt. You're hurt. Like it, it, it. That's not the criticism. The criticism is I don't think you were honest with these guys. So, but it, it, here's where I say it's more than that. Every player in the world is going to sell tell you they can play. I can play. I'm going to be able to play. This is like you know. Last time we went through this with Baker Mayfield, same thing, right? Yeah, right. He never should have been on the say, field. The Browns should know better by now. Yeah. Stop listening to the players. Yeah. Don't take the players' word for it. Believe your eyes. It's just like the the, the storyline, right? It all up until he's going to, well, going back, thinking about it now. Well, I saw him throw a handful of footballs on Thursday. Same thing on Friday. D 
didn't throw it all on Wednesday when, during those portions. That, so I don't know. Sometimes you just got to trust what you see with your eyeballs. This also goes back to a conversation we had earlier in the week about why DTR was in the game last week, right? Right. But they said it was completely independent of what happened to Deshaun. But it's, then Kevin came back and said it was on that play that he got hurt. Right. He did get hurt on that play in the third quarter on the 10-yard right. run where he got drilled in the shoulder. But the point of it is, is Andy, is you know the organization just has to be better and smarter. That's what I mean by elite organizations. Mm -hmm. Elite organizations ain't doing that Sunday morning. They know going into the game, four can't play. He's not available. He's injured. So guess what we do? DTR is ready to go, and we customize the game plan for DTR. Oh, by the way, that was the other thing that came out of the locker room. Kevin Stefanski didn't change the game plan. Right. They ran the game plan that they would run for Deshaun Watson. Now, how stupid is that? Well, here's my question is, what would the game plan – how would the game plan have been different? Wow. They were still struggling to run the ball, yeah. and you do have to give Baltimore some credit. Their defense is pretty damn good. Right. I mean, they look really good, and Lamar Jackson looked really good today too. And I understand all that, but my point is the coach failed the team out of the gate because he didn't change anything to accommodate the fact that the all-pro quarterback or what they believe to be their all-pro quarterback isn't available. And you threw a rookie to the Wolves – who wasn't ready to be thrown to the wolves. And that's not that kid's fault. Like, right. that's why I'm not sitting here criticizing Dorian Thompson Robinson saying, oh man, boy, did he play like, you know what? And just not, yeah. he was put in an, uh, he was put in a position to fail on Sunday and he failed spectacularly. And that's on Kevin Stefanski. That's on Andrew Barry. That's on the Cleveland Browns. That's not DTR's fault. Um, I think that here's how the game plan probably should have changed a little bit. Um, they should not have been empty as much. And I know the thing with the empty is it spreads the defense out, doesn't let them pin their ears back, yada, yada, yada. You need some extra protection back there for him. Right. Because he's running around like a chicken with his head cut off, and he doesn't know what he's doing. And you saw that on so many plays. The gadget play, the direct snap to Harrison Bryant, toss it back to DTR, throw it down the field to Amari Cooper. And the only reason you got away with it is because Cooper drew the defensive pass interference. Stupid play call, though. Stupid. Well, you here's, don't... The thing. I, here's where I say, if that was the Sean Watson, I don't know if it's stupid in that case. Because, you know, I saw it. I'm like, oh, here comes Harrison Bryan. He's walking off right. the side. He's just going to sneak it. It's third and one. Right. And then I, I think the beauty of it, when you go back and watch that play, you saw the spy come right, right. into the gap to come get him. Right. And then immediately when he pitched it back, I was like, and then I was like, but the, the execution of DTR is the, the, the throw, one throwing right. the ball. That, yeah, that's, that's, the why, that's why it's a stupid call. Deshaun Watson's not on the damn field. He's not on the field. So why are you trying to run plays with a rookie quarterback that you would normally run with a guy like a Deshaun Watson? And I know that they have similar attributes and how they play the game. I mean, DTR did a nice job on a couple of plays, getting out of pressure, extending some plays, rolling out. Um, but, I mean, some of his throws down the field, my God, get a shotgun and put the football out of its misery, which, I mean, his, some of those down the field throw, again, just not ready. They just seem too soft and just too easy to be picked off. Not ready. For the, the other part of this game that I thought was super interesting was the fact that Baltimore was able to figure out a scheme to run against Yes. Them. And that was the first time the Browns had been exposed to that. And part of it is you're three weeks into the season, and now there's tape on you. And there's a way to figure out how to run, and they figured that out. They absolutely got destroyed on the ground. Um, at you know, 131 yards rushing hit they allowed. I mean, Baltimore had 250 yards of offense at halftime. Right. Like the Browns hadn't given that up. The game was game. over at halftime. Let's not kid ourselves. Right. The, game the, game, was over at the game was over at 14-3. 
That was it. Games, it, it was. Let, let's well, I'll it. tell you where where the game really ended. When before the half, it was fourteen to three. Browns come up with a sack. They push Baltimore back. They still have three timeouts. You get that big sack. Hey, maybe you come up with one more defensive right. play, and then you get the ball back and maybe try to get something to go before halftime. Right. They didn't call a timeout after the sack. I thought maybe they would because now the the Ravens were in a position right. to kind of to hold them down. And then all of a sudden you gave them the opportunity. They came back. They came up with a big play. And the next thing you know, you're giving up a touchdown right at the half. Yeah. That's where I think the whole thing turned. Because they yeah. had a chance. The defense, the defense wasn't playing horrible. No. They just they they were gonna be, they could have been the catalyst for what could have been the um, the mounting of a comeback, but the Browns didn't do that. They didn't take the time out. They didn't um they didn't uh, stop them there, and then they just didn't. If there was no confidence, right? There was no confidence, and it was at that point once they got into the end zone. Even if they would have held them to a field goal at halftime, they could have walked away feeling good about the, something. Yeah, the, the the big play hurt the Browns just fell on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they held the Ravens to four to twelve on third down. Like there, there is nothing there to complain about. That's actually a really, really good job. The problem is they gave up too many explosive mixed in there. Uh, a couple of guys in the locker room were talking about the missed tackles, and and you know, they actually said it. And they weren't trying to discount what Lamar did to them on Sunday because Lamar did account for four touchdowns, two right. rushing, and then the two to Mark Andrews. Which, by the way, it'd be nice if the Browns, when they play the Ravens, that they would actually cover Mark Andrews. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's averaging <laughs> six catches a game against the Browns. Right. A tight end who's getting six catches right. against the Browns. Uh, I mean, and I think last year was the first, he had like a streak of like five or six games where he had scored yeah. at least one touchdown, if not multiple touchdowns. Can't guard Mike Andrews. Like, I, <laughs> that's what it is. Um, so, but they they felt that it was more them and the mistakes that they were making on defense more so than Lamar. But my point, well, Lamar's the one making you make the mistakes because you just uh, that just, first touchdown was the Moses play. The C parted and he went right down the middle of it. Well, both touchdowns he walked yeah. in untouched. Um, so I don't think that this is the sky is falling for the Browns defense and that they aren't what we think they are or anything like that. I mean, they got put one touchdown. They, his first touchdown, right? I mean, they were at the 10-yard line. What right. Gonna, I mean, what are you going to do? That right? was only like, what, the third play in the red zone all season. Right. So, um, I, I don't feel as concerned defensively, uh, depending on how Miles Garrett's left foot slash ankle is, because he's in a walking boot right now. Right. Uh, never good to see that. True. Um, but, yeah, I mean, defensively, it wasn't a sharp day, no question about it, but – um, the offense is what concerns me. They have no running game right now. Um, they haven't had a running game since Nick Chubb got hurt, really. Uh, what do you the do? The last two weeks, what right? What do you do? I mean, Jerome Ford did a nice job in Pittsburgh, but then, you know, going Tennessee, not, run game, nothing there. This week against Baltimore, run game, not there. Honestly, I don't know what you do. I do know one thing they got to stop doing. They got to stop handing the ball to Elijah Moore in the backfield. He's not a running back. I think... I love Elijah Moore. I think he's a really good player. I think they're trying to ask him to do way too much right now. Um, and it, at the 20 yard loss would, I mean, that just, that's a, a drive killer just blows everything up. So no, it's like last week, 16 year. Yeah. I mean, it's like once a week now we're seeing these and, really silly plays. And the only points you got was a 53 yard field goal from Dustin Hopkins. And you know what? Hey, I'll take some barbecue sauce on my crow. The guy came in with a 50% average from beyond 50 yards. Dude is three for three, kicking from beyond 50 for the Cleveland Browns here. So good for him. Really, that's the lone highlight other than David Njoku. Questionable, was he going to play? Was he going to play? 
Uh, first of all, it was great to see him. He's okay. Thank God. I mean, that's a scary situation uh, that he was, uh, he's, he was in, uh, you know, getting burned, lighting right. a fire pit uh, at home. But he led the team in catches today, had six catches. Um, and this was a guy that, you know, uh, could have very easily said, said I'm not playing. I, I can't play. Um, and, and he went out there and he ended up leading the team in catches. So that, you know, again, we're looking for some silver lining positive. We don't want this to be a, a complete negative. The sky is falling type so, of a post game podcast, right. but there's a couple of uh, bright spots there. When I looked at the schedule, I was like, by week, week five, I'm like, that's not going to be good. But considering the scenario right now, I don't know that the bye week is such a bad thing. Well, I said going into the season, uh, we had talked about, if they get to the bye week two and two, they're in good shape. Right. San Francisco comes to town after the bye. That, that's going to be tough. But the schedule gets easier from there. And You still got Indy, though, right after that, too. So. I understand that, but it does get easier from there. And I think that there's a lot of wins. I think they're going to be able to stack some wins together if they're able to be healthy. And a big component of that health is Deshaun Watson. And he's got to be honest with them. He convinced them. So I mean, that's what this comes down to. Deshaun Watson convinced Kevin Stefanski and the Cleveland Browns he was going to play on Sunday, even though he couldn't throw a football barely during practice in the week. And again, I'm not criticizing the injury or the fact that he couldn't perform in practice. I'm criticizing him because he convinced them he was going to be able to play. And so they planned for him to play. But they still never should have played. And they should have learned from Baker Mayfield. Yeah. You never listen to your players when they say, "I'm good. what do you expect them to say? Of course they're always He's always – he look the guy played a game with cracked ribs and, and, and a punctured lung. They drove him to the game, right? And he was able to help the Texans that ultimately win that game. Right. Again, I am not criticizing or questioning Deshaun's toughness. He's a very tough player. He plays with pain. Just physically, he couldn't physically throw a football. It happens. Injuries happen. But you've. I just feel like you gotta be a little more honest. And sometimes you gotta swallow the pride. Coach, I want to go. I don't think I'm going to go on Sunday. And that conversation should have been had last week. Friday or Thursday. Thursday or Friday. And shame on Kevin Stefanski. The script, I was told the, the first 15 script, unchanged. Hmm. The game plan, the philosophy, unchanged. And I think, and and I understand what you're saying. Really, how does the game plan really dramatically change? But my point is, don't you think you should have tried to change something? Yeah, I just don't I don't know, especially because they felt like they kept him because he has a lot of the same attributes right. as Deshaun Watson. This is the, you know, this is the Jacoby Brissett versus Deshaun Watson, you know, scenario that we had last year where the offensive line had settled in. I, I don't they missed two players on Sunday. Yeah. They missed Nick Chubb and they missed Josh Dobbs. I mean that, that that's right. I mean, yeah. that's um and it's a and, fair way to put it. And and if you haven't heard, uh Nick Chubb. Yeah, as bad as we thought it would be. Um, uh, the knee basically uh, got torn up, and so he had three things repaired, including his meniscus and his MCL, and then they got to go back in a second time to take care of his ACL. And so he's probably not going to be ready for the start of the 2024 season. He's going to probably be a midseason addition. So um, that, unfortunately, the 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 – the reporting that was out there, oh, it's just an, it's just the MCL. They dodged a bullet, right? And that was not accurate. It was as bad as is I because I was told after the game, multiple ligaments, right? Might multiple be multiple, surgery. might be multiple surgeries, and that's ultimately what this is uh, ended up being. But they missed Nick Chubb 
and they missed Josh Dobbs. I don't know that they would have won Sunday with Josh Dobbs, Andy. I just feel like the offense would have been a lot more competitive because that what we saw Sunday afternoon was a complete and utter disaster. And I can't stress this enough. I do not blame Dorian Thompson Robinson for that. I blame Andrew Barry. I blame Kevin Stefanski. I blame the organization because they put that kid in a position where he had no chance to succeed. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland. And of course, I want to remind you that it's brought to you by our good friends at Bryant and Smiley One, Northeast Ohio's heating and cooling experts. We'll be back throughout the week. You know, we got two more podcasts. We love the fact that you're watching us on YouTube, and we appreciate everyone that's joining in on the Odyssey app. Thank you so much. It's always game day in Cleveland. Thank you, Meredith Gain, our producer. We'll see you next week.